Ask the Podcast Coach for April 29th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that fun-filled music to try to get you up on a Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. What we're going to talk about today, along with, of course, your questions, things like, how do you podcast when you don't want to? Where'd my audience go? Uh, how about cross-promotion? Is that a good idea? Garage band versus audition. Uh, what do I do with this long interview? Uh, as well as some tips on Patreon. And uh, here to help me discuss all those is the one and only from TheAverageGuy.tv, Jim Coulson. How's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Wow, we cha- you changed up the intro on that. That's pretty nice little preview. I like that. Well, it's that whole, um, on one hand, we do kind of wing it on this show because we're always following the path of the live chat room, which you can find out at AskThePodcastCoach.com slash live. So we're always kind of following those folks. But for the record, we have things to talk about in the event nobody shows up. Because <laughs> you just... Well, it's, kind of, it's planned winging, right? It's I mean, planned we, winging it. I bet in about two minutes, we came up with about 20 different topics. Yeah. If you if you listen to us in the, in the pre-show on Mixler, so if you go to Mixler.com slash forward slash podcast coach, in the mornings, you can kind of hear the first, oh, out of seven or 10 minutes, right, of what we do kind yeah. of in pre-show. And I think between the two of us, we probably have eight to 10 ideas of kind of things to go through. And, you know, it's you, you say this all the time. There's not a there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to podcasting. We end up in a show like this. We end up talking about the same things over and over again. I think that's that's OK, because many of them have kind of a new twist. You know, we're going to talk a little bit later uh, over at uh, Podcasters Group Therapy. Nick mentioned something about Patreon. That was a new twist to it. So it's those kinds of things where you think, oh. It's the same thing, Patreon. We talk about it all the time with a new twist. So we'll look well, forward to that. Well, there was a question. We can actually kind of hit that now. There was a question in one of the – what I do is I go out to a lot of the Facebook groups that have all sorts of people talking about podcasting to see what people are talking about. And that's really one of the things. I'm, I'm listening to a book right now. He said pulling up his phone. Uh, and it's one of these – oh, the the big guru guy of – he's written like 8 million books uh, whose name is escaping me, John Maxwell. How to influence people, blah, blah, blah. Let me see if I can. I, I tell you what, Audible has a weird app. They make it rather hard. You have to, I think, double click the icon to get it to play. Yeah. How to influence people, make a difference in the world, blah, blah, blah. John Maxwell. And for the most part, they should just rename the book uh, Don't Be a Weenie because that's really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be nice to people. That's, be, that's the key. Be right? nice to people. But they said one of the keys is to to listen. A lot of people aren't very good listeners. And so that's one of the things I do is I go out on Saturday mornings as as well as during the week. And I try to listen to what people are talking about to see if that would be a, a good idea. And somebody asked, is there a correlation between audience size and Patreon uh, earnings? And I was like, boy, that's a good question. They were all kind of saying, boy, I'd love to see that. And I said, but really, the first thing you have to keep in mind is what you're doing with with Patreon or PayPal or whatever you're doing for monetization is step one is get an audience. And I think sometimes we focus too much on the monetization before we've actually got the audience. And I realize you kind of want to have that in place so that when you do get an audience, if that's, we should always say that again, if that's something you want to do, you don't have to monetize your show. Um, But I think sometimes we do get a little preoccupied. I've seen people get preoccupied with the monetization and that's where I always throw out you, uh, you know, you typically don't 
tune into a infomercial on purpose unless there's absolutely nothing else on. And that's, and that's really, to me, I think monetization is just a, a really interesting dance. Cause if you do too much of it, then you, you take away from the, um, the content where if it's just a giant commercial, but on the other hand, if you don't ask, you don't get. So, uh, so Jim, I've yet to listen to the uh, podcasters group therapy episode. Yeah. Um, Nick does a nice job, by the way, nice call out here to um, ask podcast coach. Uh, so those between these two shows, I really enjoy Corey and Nick on that. Tani's been off. Uh, they're, they're having trouble getting her scheduled, but I enjoy their take on podcasting because they're not really doing it to make money on, you know, it's a community show. And so what you hear kind of hopefully what you hear like with us is that it's just kind of honest what it is, you know, anyways, I appreciate this guys. So Nick had mentioned that he had set up uh, a sponsorship on Patreon. I think what it does is it's a hundred dollars and you get, you get to, you get to be the sponsor on the show for that month. So someone can come in very simply and very easily sponsor your show one month at a time. Flat, no CPM, flat rate, 100 bucks, boom, you're in. And I thought, wow, that's a really simple, low cost when we think about people who are advertising. $100 is not a lot if they're thinking about doing it. And if they're in your niche, they can simply uh, sign up and support you on Patreon. And it's just a quick, easy way to get, I, I as I thought about it, a quick, easy way to get a sponsor. And then I think you'd be very clear about, hey, this $100 is going to get you a 30-second spot and, you know, whatever, right? Whatever you're going to include. You could even... If that's successful, you can even bump that up and say, hey, 500 will get you a banner and, you know, some of those kinds of things. So I hadn't thought about using Patreon in that way to think about attracting sponsors from a advertising standpoint. And then it makes the accounting nice and easy, right? They can bill it. You can get it. You can do the spots. You can do them a month at a time. And you can extend that out. You could make it 500 for three months or, you know, whatever. You could do it that way. But that just seemed to me, um, I always... I'd always kind of thought of Patreon as kind of, you know, hey, those onesie twosies, three dollars, five dollars, right. that kind of stuff. But but Nick's kind of turned that into corporate sponsorship, which is pretty cool. The thing that also works about that to a certain extent, depending on how often you do a show, is you will know when that person drops as a sponsor. Because if they you'll see you get notified. So and so has changed their their patronage from, you know, five dollars to ten dollars. So I'm assuming if they go from two fifty to nothing, um, you would get a, a notice of that. And then you could then say, hey, you know, the uh, we have a new open slot for a sponsor. If you'd like to be the sponsor for May, go on over and sign up. So that way you don't have a gap of no sponsor this month. Um, so that would be something I. I, I yeah, lots I, of good things you could do with that. I, I think it just makes that administration of it. I, we have a sponsor that's annual now that just kicks in for our mobile app. And I always, I always have to remember, like, when is that, <laughs> you know, when's it due and have I billed them recently? And, you know, with a monthly kind of month to month sponsorship um, and I've heard a lot and I think I've heard it from you. Um, I've heard of a lot of folks putting in affiliate ads when they start their podcast yep. so that they have these advertising slots in there already built into their audience. By the way, I think it's a good idea. Like if you're starting a new show and you want to advertise it and you want to monetize it, get those advertising spots in there early, even if they're affiliate placeholders to get your audience used to. You can always pull away sponsors, but putting them in can sometimes be difficult to your listeners. I did the math once when uh, Fitbits first came out. I got one and just absolutely loved it. And I set up logicalloss.com slash Fitbit. And uh, I was making nine bucks 
a Fitbit every time somebody signed up because those things were going for like a hundred bucks. They'd give you 10 percent. I was getting some really nice and I, I finally went back and did the math. And it was like fifty two dollars CPM, which at the time was like, wow, I never heard of that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take that. And so that's just a matter of of finding the right product for your audience. And uh, I still make commissions on on because I still wear one. I, I love it, and uh, it's all about finding the the right thing. I know um, last week on uh, no two weeks ago I forget whenever on the school of podcasting I interviewed uh, Joe from Stacking Benjamins and he did that. He had a good uh, interview. Good had, interview by the way. Yeah, he's a good guy, yeah. and uh, he was saying how he had I think it was Hotels dot com. And uh, he went through and just at, treated it like made sure he read all the fine print that they were allowed to say that and then uh, used them because he knew eventually he was going to to have sponsors. Then the other thing he did is he got a he gave uh, a real low price to Fidelity because in the finance world, that's like gold. And uh, so he said he, he was able to say, you know, Stacking Benjamins brought to you by Fidelity Investments, blah, blah, blah. And he said that just made them look so much bigger that he goes, meanwhile, it's, it's, you know, just a couple guys in the basement or whatever. So, yeah, that's good. It's a good, it was a good, um, it just gave us some insight and, you know, let's circle back around to what you started with on Patreon. Cause I think this is an interesting uh, conversation. So you said, do, do your Patreon subscribers or whatever that means. Does it, does it matter how many people you have in your podcast or whatever that conversation is? And anyways, is there a direct correlation between your audience and your Patreon? So Dave, let's, let's, let's just compare between you and I, cause I think we have good audience size and I think right. we're pretty transparent about that. So we think about ask the podcast coach, how many patrons subscribe to this show and then how many total listens do we get each week do you think Can okay you, Let, yeah we, one two three four i'm going to count here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty uh, more than i thought twenty one twenty two thank you uh, mike moody for just sh- showing up twenty one twenty two three four five six seven eight nine thirty three and we get uh well here let's just do this live i want to say and here's what's cool I used to say we got about 300 downloads an episode and I haven't, it's one of those things I'm, I'm unlike the typical podcaster where I don't go crazy with the stats and we're now averaging over 500 downloads an episode. Let me double check here. Okay. Last episode, 593. Uh, the one before that is now 633. One before that, 417. What are you going to do? 543, 527, 73. How many ads can you tolerate? 773, 549, 655. So we're easily over 500 every episode now. So that was like, and- okay. Didn't realize that. How many Patreon? 33. 33 or so. So okay. let's do the math on that. Let's let's just go with 500. Okay. Uh, so 33 divided by 500 is 6.6%. That is, in my opinion, a good rate. Because I usually yeah. say three three to five is good. And we're at, you know, six and a half, 6.6. Now, let's contrast that to Home Gadget Geeks. Okay. So a show, I have 300 and some episodes. I think we have a hundred and... What are we on here? 150, 170? Uh, we're closing in on 170. Okay, so 170. So about half the number of shows were on Saturday mornings. We're a topic topic list in the sense of that we're making up topics as we go. Home Gadget Geeks, twice the, the viewers. So I get 1,000, let's say a, a 1,200, something like that, Home Gadget Geeks. Okay. And that's been pretty consistent for three or four years. Nice. I work Patreon like you do. I mention it on my show every week. I mention it twice, once in the beginning, once at the end. Folks can join us. I have plans, a dollar, five dollars, whatever. Boom. I'm at about 15. So half, about half of what we get here. Um, and yet I have twice the downloads. 
So I think it really has to do with engagement, right? I mean, I don't think there's a direct correlation. We've seen here the audience for Ask the Podcast Coach is engaged in a way and engaged with you in a way. By the way, I don't I don't get anything from Patreon from Dave. It's all Dave's. So we've t- we settled that early <laughs> in the podcast. And I'm okay with that, right? That's I was going to say, are you still fine with that? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's easy to I say like when we're all. making nothing. Yeah. No, well, it's true. That's true. No, no, no. This is your show, right? I just, I get the privilege of being on it. And I just really have a lot of fun showing up on Saturday mornings. And I'd quit if I didn't, if I, this allows me, by the way, if one day, Dave, I'm like, screw it. I don't have anything (laughs) else to talk about. Yeah. And I just, Dave, I'm going to call you and say, we're done. Like I'm done. And I don't have any financial obligation to it. So that freedom for me is being able to walk away anytime I want. I'm not planning on walking away anytime soon, but I don't think there's a direct correlation between audience and Patreon. I think it, the, the, the listeners here are, are maybe twice as engaged, and I don't know if I can say it that way because they're given twice as much, but it, it matters how engaged they are in what they're doing. And maybe because we have a podcast-savvy audience, because they know they're podcasters and we know we live and die by some of this Patreon stuff, maybe they're more generous that way because they understand. My tech listeners, eh. They can, you know, eh, whatever, you're a podcaster, you're doing fine, Jim. The other thing is I don't put a big emphasis on it, and you don't really either, but I don't, I'm kind of like, hey, if you want to contribute, that's just a way to do it. You know, people ask me for it, it's there. So I don't make a big deal about it. So I think it matters how you advertise it. I think it matters how you talk about it. And then I think it kind of matters on your audience. And if you're, you know, if you're podcasting to a bunch of, you know, young people, they may not have the disposable income. But if your target audience is 35 to 55 professionals, who have disposable income, who will support you in that kind of way. Maybe you'll get more. Yeah, I think I've heard some people do Patreon like it's a favor. Like, hey, if you don't mind, you know, if you got some extra couch, you know, change, if you could throw it my way, that'd be cool. And then you have other people are like, look, if you want this show to continue, it runs on you and you have to donate. It's kind of like, look, if you want me here, if I'm delivering value, then by doggone it, you, you got to do this if you want to keep this on the air, which is a kind of a, a PBS kind of thing. You know, we run on donations. And if you want to keep the show going, you got to donate and it only costs a buck. And then you go into the whole spiel kind of thing. So I think that's the other thing, too. It's 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 a hard thing to to do, because I know the the minute anybody thinks about this, the phrase I always hear is, oh, man, you mean you mean I got to beg for money? And it's like. Yeah, kind of, because it's it's either way. You're either begging for money or you're begging for somebody to go buy something from somebody else. It's the same, you know, you're just taking the middleman out of the, the, the picture. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, you're you're selling your value, right? And, right. and from that standpoint, how, how, and I think when people think about your show and if it went away, they have to ask the question, what would I pay for that not to happen? You know, and so, you know, I, I look at some of my my Patreon subscribers. My most is ten dollars. By the way, I don't have a ten dollar plan. <laughs> so my most is ten. Somebody has upped their thing on their own. And I think you've that's I, cool. I think you mentioned that. Too. Was that you or maybe it was Nick? I, it was Nick on 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 um, podcasters group therapy. He had said some guy had just given him a big chunk, you know, a hundred dollars or something like that. And, you know, um. Nick, it wasn't necessarily a plan. It wasn't even to advertise. It was just to be. And so you're going to have some very, you could have some very generous subscribers. So I have one. And then, you know, I've got some sixes and some fives. And all I have is a five and a $1 plan. So I've got a six and a whole bunch of fives and some threes and some ones. Uh, no, do I even have any ones? No, I have no ones. So it it kind of runs the gamut. And I just think my listeners feel, you know, that it's, it's, uh, it's, 
worth $3 a month to make that Patreon pledge. And you know, last week we read each one of the names or this week, I guess it'll be coming out this weekend. We read each one of the names. I don't do that all the time, Dave. I do probably do that once a quarter or so and we have time to, to kick it in. So I think that's a good thing too, is to recognize them on the show. Everybody loves to have their name be heard, right? Yeah. I just realized one of the things I need to do is like Mike Moody just joined up for a buck. Well, Mike Moody's name needs to go on the page because it says uh, for a certain level, I have to make sure Mike's in that thing. But for a certain level, you get your name on our page. And that just means it's one of those things of integrity. You can't say if you do this, you get this and that. And and so you do have to kind of keep an eye on that because some people and it's fine. Some people will go up in their pledge and other people will go down. And and that's don't take that personally, because you never know what's going on in somebody's life. Um, You know, they might have had a baby or something and and something's going on. And, you know, that whole nine yards. So, so Jason Bryant said in the chat room, I, I had a guy bump from 20 a month to 100 after I met him uh, for some beers. He knew uh, my area because of my weather tweet. Again, the weather tweet. <laughs> like I saw Chris Nessie, who's out there. He just started tweeting the weather, too. I'm and, wearing Chris's and, shirt today. Yeah. Awesome. It's it's incredible, that water cooler conversation tweet that and I'm noticing. I'm seeing a few more of them pop up where I still get an interaction a week, maybe two. On the, on the stinking weather, you know, people pop in. It gives me a chance to talk to them. And it's automated and it's easy to do. It's actually how we open our show on Home Gadget Geeks. I'll always say, you know, in a beautiful or in a stormy or in a snowy or in a blistering Bellevue, Nebraska, when I start the show. And then I kick it over to Mike Weger. He lives in town here, too. And so we talk for just a minute about what's going on, a little banter back and forth. And it's just funny how that weather draws people uh, together. So pretty interesting. Well, for anybody wondering... Jim, how do you automate the weather tweet? Yeah, if this, then that is the easiest way to do it. They have a weather, um, uh, they have a kind of a, a weather service. Well, I don't forget what they call those things. Recipes? No, they just changed it to something different. Yeah, I know what so, you mean. whatever it is. And so you just go, there's a little schedule and it says at 9 a.m. This is, I do it first thing in the morning. At 9 a.m., tweet the weather for this zip code. And it, you just set up a recipe and run it every day. So every day on my Twitter uh, at 9, I think it's 9, it could be 10. 10 a.m., something like that, uh, it says, hey, it's going to be sunny. Like yesterday, it was um, the high was 42 and the low was 40. And I got this tweet back. Wow, not much variance in the weather, Jim, you know, kind of thing. And, <laughs> hey, uh, no, it starts this Twitter conversation, right? It gives me an excuse to have a conversation with some of my listeners. I, I just, I like it. It's, it's one of those crazy things that just works. And I hashtag it weather nerd. <laughs> and, I, and I find other people who pick up on that hashtag and I'm like, look, another weather nerd, you know? <laughs> so it's little things like that. Find your thing. First of all, steal that one if you want to do it. If you want to tweet the weather, do it. But find your thing on Twitter. It's a great way to advertise yourself. Get the conversation going. Alexa, what's the temperature outside? Currently in Cuyahoga Falls, it's 59 degrees with cloudy skies. Today, you can expect rainy weather with a high of 62 degrees and a low of 54 degrees. Which means Dave is not going to be riding his bike today. That's a bummer. It's a little chilly. Yeah. Um, Jason says uh, he puts a subscribe link to his weather in his tweet, too, if you want to do that. Yeah, you could load a, a link of some kind. Even I don't I don't advertise Home Gadget Geeks in it, but um, I probably should. That's probably a good idea to, to get that done. So you could put little things, like I put hashtags in them and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a kind of a great way to, you know, to get to roll the conversation. So you never know. Hey, we did have a, a question here. This is from a longtime listener and a member of the school of podcasting, Kim Cradgy from, um, let's see, what, what website shall we promote? Um, 
Toastmasters101.net. None of my previous podcast interviews are over 15 minutes. That's by design. She says, I'll break up an interview into multiple parts to keep it at the 15-minute limit. Now I've got an interview that just won't break into parts. It wasn't a very successful interview, as in I didn't get the answers I was hoping for, but the content is very important to my audience. That's an interesting statement right there. It's not very good, but it's important to my audience. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh, the interview uh, plus comments plus opening and closing will push this closer to 25 to 27 minutes. And again, she, normally she's looking for 15 or less. Uh, so it's nearly double. Does this matter? I could literally take this interview and drop it into a program with little or no editing because the guest was that good. Again, I scratched my head because a minute ago she said she didn't like the answers, but the guest was good. So is this a case where she got... I wish she was around. She could, again, if you want to join, ask the podcastcoach.com slash join. She says, what's your advice? So for me, I'm always of the school of, although I am changing my mind on this, and that is there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. So if the guest is good, let it go. But I do like the Joe Salsi high idea of interviews, and that is he keeps his short so that like my, my interview with Joe, that was a whole interview. That was a whole episode. So if you like to tune in to get a lot of Dave in that episode, you don't like that no matter how good the interview with Joe was because there was very little Dave in that. So I like his idea of having short interviews. And then if you don't like this guest, cause they're talking about whatever, a cross country ballroom dancing, it's all right. Wait, 10 minutes and there'll be another topic about something else. So I like that idea of of doing short interviews and I might do that in the future. If I interview somebody and then what I'll do is I'll interview them once. And at the end of it, I'll go, okay, now we're going to do this. Hey, uh, Jim, it it was great having you on the show. I would love to have you back. Would you like to come back? And which Jim would then say, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Great. And then I would go, Hey Jim, thanks for coming back on the show. And Jim would say, I don't know what I'd say. Uh, it's great to be here, Dave. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. And I, I take that or something. I don't nature. know where you're going with this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but the cool thing, now I have those clips. Now I have the big, long oh, interview. I got, you. I got you. But yeah. I've got the coming and going. So all I have to do now is anytime I want, I could make that a three-part episode and go, hey, today I talked to Jim, and we talked a lot about Patreon. And uh, you know, in the future, I want to have Jim come back because he's got some great insights about long interviews. And maybe we'll talk about that. I can do that anytime. I, I don't have to call him and schedule it. Totally. Bam. Bring it in, totally. and now I've got my cool little five-minute. So I might start doing that. I like that. That's one of those things where I'm like, hmm, I might do that. So what are your thoughts on on long interviews? Yeah, you know, we've even re-recorded the first the uh, the introduction and the first question uh, when you have an interviewee who's super tight. So you've done those interviews. The first couple questions are kind of they're just tight. They're cold. They're they're nervous. They're you know, and you do that, like you said. You may even get that answer, like I just gave you, where you're like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Uh, I got nothing." Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you don't want that in your show. So at the end of the show, you know, when everything's loose and relaxed, say, "Hey, I'm just going to introduce you again, and this is going to be the one we're gonna we're gonna cut this out and put this up front." And and so you're also looser, and so that introduction may be a lot better. If it's not, then at least you have two to choose from. And you can get that, you can get that, um, the, the guest will then know kind of what's going on. So if they flubbed the intro to begin with, then you can bring them back in. And I'd even go so far as to re-ask that first question. Because almost every time we've done it, the guest is like, oh, thank goodness, there were some things I wanted to say that I didn't. And so 
that way you get this really dynamite first question. Because if you're going to keep somebody or lose somebody, you're going to lose them in that first minute, right? They're going to get in there. And if the guy's like, uh, uh, I, uh, well, uh, you, you know, your guest does that. Uh, I can listen. There's better podcasts to listen to. But if it's a dynamite first question and they sound comfortable, then bring in, you know, then splice that into the rest of it. I just can't tell you how that really changes the tone of the of the podcast when you do it that way. So that's a little trick, Dave. Redo the intro, redo the first question, do it at the end when everybody's loose and then bring it forward in editing. Yeah, I've uh, what I do now is when I do the interview, I try to start off the interview, the actual interview with the phrase, thanks for coming on the show. And then I pause before I do my first question. That way, like you said, if the first question is like, blah, blah, blah. Tell me about your favorite color. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Blah, blah, nothing. And then, you know, three questions in, we start to get to the meat stuff. I'm going to whack those first two questions because my audience really doesn't care how they're doing. You know what I mean? Um, No, totally. That's another great idea is to have those plant questions, you know, you're going to rip out and then go in, uh, go in with that. You could even do it, you know, like if you want to get a really good solid, Hey, thanks for being here. Do that even before you start recording. I mean, be recording. Right. Don't get me wrong. But just say, hey, Dave, I'm really glad. I just want to say, hey, thanks for coming out today. I really appreciate it. And you'll say, oh, it was great to, you know, great to be here. Thanks. In a very relaxed mode, right? Then use that one in the interview. But if, you, if that, that's the, the importance of recording everything, you know, but don't tell them you're recording everything. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is she said some parts that, you know, she didn't like the answer she got. That's where I think you have to to listen through the ears of your audience to go, okay, am, am I going to keep that or not? The, the, and this is a good problem to have. Um, Joe's just one of those guys that we, we click. He, he takes his, his topic very seriously, but he's very sarcastic. And so we have a lot of fun making each other laugh uh, when he's in town. So when I got him on the show, we must have talked. I'm going to bet easy because I remember him saying, I've got a – a builder coming over at a certain amount of time, he goes, so, you know, unless we end up talking for like almost two hours, he goes, we don't have a problem. Well, we almost talked for two hours because we're just having fun and this and that. So now I've got like an hour and 20 minutes worth of interview. And usually my interviews are 40 minutes or less. And I was like, okay, how do I slice this almost in half? And so what I kept looking for was, A, if I asked a question, where does Joe actually start to answer the question and a, a classic example, and that doesn't mean his answer was bad, but I was like, look, I need the reader's digest condensed version of that. So I asked him, I said, you know, there are times, cause he always says it's live from Joe's basement. And I said, there was one time where I actually heard the sound of somebody coming down the steps. You know, are you actually doing this in your basement? And he said, you know, I love that question because it's the theater of the mind. And when I have my audience ask me that question, I always pause and go, yes. And he goes, but really, it's the magic of Steve Stewart. That's the answer. The magic of, you know what I mean? So I cut that whole thing about, I love that people think that. I just got right. So it's it's not that that was a bad answer, but I was kind of trying to cut it down. So I just went to, that's the magic of Steve Stewart, yada, yada, yada. So yeah. sometimes you just got to cut out the the fluff. Or my favorite is, you're trying to think of the next question. So there's this awkward pause, and the guest does what I call an over-answer where they'll start, they're, you're not saying anything, so they're like, and that's why, and then they basically repeat themselves. 
Yeah. And I'll go in and I'll, yeah. I'll whack that. that part out. You can prep your guest for that, by the way. Yeah. You can say in the very beginning of the interview, hey, before we get started here, there's going to be some moments where I may put a pause in there. Don't don't feel the need to fill that space. Yep. It's just for me as I'm regrouping and it, I, I, it makes for a better interview. Um, and so you can kind of prep them. You know, you kind of prep them that way. Dave, one of the things I've noticed on School Podcasting that you're doing that I'm really liking that I think uh, is handy, and and uh, Jeff, as you come in here, we'll get to you in just a second, is you've you've always had some sound effects, but now you're being very judicious about them. So you're not overdoing it, but maybe there's one or two, um, you, you add one or two sound effects to your podcast each week. And, but you're not overdoing it and it, and you're being, you know, you're being strategic and judicious about the way you put them in. So they're meaningful. You know, it might be somebody says something that's worth cheering for and you'll put a little, you know, behind the scenes or whatever, (laughs) but not doing that every time. And, and I've really appreciated just having one or two of those a podcast. And so that's kind of a nice way when you talk about theater of the mind. I think that's a nice way to do it, but you can overdo it as well. Oh, so yeah. We, we have Jeff joining us. Let's uh, let's bring him. Let's bring in Jeff, shall we? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of sound effects. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, you are currently muted, it looks like. No, there no, we go. There he's not. There he is. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Doing, good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so, qu- quick question for you guys is, I, I, I'm just joining in, but did you guys see the um, the the podcasting, uh, what was it called? It was the, uh, like the, the podcasting. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Take your time. The, the best podcasting practices, that whole article of, of, ah. of yeah, I forget who who did it. The bridge report. Yes. Yes. Which I don't is know funny. If you, you talked about that earlier or not, but, um, there, there are some things in there that I, number one, Dave Van Dyke, Mm-hmm. This is one of the sayings that I always, hmm, how can I say this? It's interesting. Like, I'll give an example of something. Um, mm-hmm. How would you take it if I gave you advice on how to ride a unicycle? And I said, here's what you have to do. You have to maintain your balance and you have to make sure to blah, blah, blah. There's only one problem with that, Jeff. You don't know how to ride a unicycle. I've never ridden a unicycle. So... When I get a lot of feedback from somebody who now I've ridden a bicycle, I've ridden a tricycle, mm-hmm. um, I've ridden a moped, so I have all sorts of so feedback and, and experience with things with wheels. I've ridden in an eighteen wheel truck, but I've never ridden a unicycle. Dave Van Dyke is a experienced guy. He's worked for all sorts of big old companies with CBS and radio and radio and radio, but I can't listen to the Dave Van Dyke podcast. That is my whole take on that. Dave, now he does say there's a thing. And, and for those of you that listen to the school of podcasting, I'm going to talk about this on the school of podcasting, but he does say this, the best practices, uh, be organized and know where the podcast is going. Jim just mentioned this about the beginning of the show. Be considerate of your audience is time and don't ramble. Uh, I'm doing a show right now. I, I'm, I'm playing with another platform called the podcast rodeo show. And it's, I, I literally pick a random show and I really thought I'll probably get a clinker every three or four. I have yet, to, I, I think I have one that I go, I would listen to this show. And now some of that is very easy. I'm not the target audience they're looking for, but there are a lot of things that I'm like, oh man, I, I can't believe, I'll give you an example. A comedian was doing a show 
and she brought on one of her comedian friends and she's like, okay, so here's what we're going to do on the show. We're going to do this thing. And, we'll, and then we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about that. And then, and I'm like, this would have been a great interview or a great conversation to have before you pressed record. I'm like, why are you explaining the show? As like, and I'm just sitting there going, where's the funny? Come on. Your, 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 your description said you're funny, witty. And, you, and then, and then they finally, or I, there was a guy that brought on this doctor. Now it's a, it's a show about how to specialize as in the medical field, because it's really hard to, to pick your specialty as a doctor because, well, you're busy going to school and I'm not making this up. This guy gave this guy like a 30 second intro. Like he was the master of the universe. He's the king of all media. He's the blah, blah, blah. And the blah. And he studied with the so-and-so and he did, 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 did. I mean, it went on and on. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I get it. The guy's smart. And he's did this. And he just kept going. And finally he goes, welcome <laughs> Dr. Vandenbeek to the show. And the guy's like, thank you. Biff for having me on the show. And he goes, is there anything we missed in your bio? And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like, <laughs> let the expert expert. He's here. Let's get to the, you know? So to me, I think that's one of the key things is I think people are blowing the intro. I really, that's yeah. the, and, and that's the whole point of the show was how long can I hang on? And the answer is, and I almost want to rename it. Dave's an impatient podcast listener. Because that's kind of what it's boiling down to. And I feel bad because I like to I like to encourage people. And it really is any kind of criticism for these people. It's it's based out of a, a sense of kind of like I want to help you kind of thing. But I'm really worried that I'm going to start sounding like the two old guys in the balcony of the Muppets. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, ah, what's really doing, Jack? Kind of thing. So yeah. Um, Jeff was Jeff. Was there anything in there you saw that surprised you, or that I mean, obviously it, it motivated you enough to join us and jump in. So, what was there something you saw in there? I, I mean, I, honestly, it, there was just so much different controversy going along with it. I mean, some people felt that it was useful; other people felt that it wasn't. I just kind of wanted your take on it. There was nothing crazy in there that like that caught my attention per se. It was just another one of those reports that people have very differing opinions on. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought on it. But, you know, th that's basically it. I just wanted to hear what your guys' opinion was with it. Well, the the one that, that makes everybody go, ugh, at least it makes me go, ugh. Let's not, let's not throw everybody here. And you even put it in giant bold letters. The average time spent with podcasts is 22 minutes with listeners who commit beyond the first five minutes. So first of all, there are people that are bailing for the first five minutes. Why? Because you won't let the expert expert. And then the average yep. podcast is 22 minutes. And what I'm worried about that is people translate that into my podcast has to be 22 minutes mm -hmm. to which I asterisk. If you want them to listen to the whole thing in one sitting, uh, he does say down here, um, the session he even has that in quotation mark average of 22 minutes also reflects Partial podcast consumption, i.e. podcasts of longer length are often listened to in two or more sessions. Now, I'll give you a classic example. Daniel just did an episode. Daniel, if you could, is, is it three hours? I need to get this stat right. I want to say it was three hours long. Is He did episode 301, and it was his 10 years in podcasting, and... Uh, he did, he brought his wife on. We had noodle baby in the background making cool baby sounds. And, yeah. and I want to say, yeah, three and a half hours long. Yeah. Now every day, uh, I sit on my butt 
and I, I do Libsyn tickets. But I get up usually around 1030 and I walk around the block. Uh, I walk around the block on my lunch. I walk around the block usually around three o'clock. So I get up and try to to do something just to, to get up and, and not sit on my butt all day. And yep. when I do that, I listen to podcasts. So I listen to Daniel's show over the span of two days, you know, 10 minutes here, you know, 45 minutes here, another 10 minutes there, another 10 minutes here, another 45 minutes here and another 10 minutes there. So it took me two days to get through it. So that's where I go to the old Valerie Geller quote. There is no such thing as too long, only too boring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's two things when I read that part that I knew it wasn't important. The first one is back in college when I was taking uh, a, I was doing a radio club, and the guy that was running the radio club uh, is, is a 25 year veteran in that he's been on syndicated programming. You know, his voice is still around and interest and stuff, and he. Uh, had one thing where he goes, how long should the bit be? Meaning how long should the, the, the section of your conversation be for the radio? And the answer is as long as it needs to be. That's it. And the second thing that uh, I knew that the 22 minute thing was kind of malarkey was Rob, uh, Rob Walsh on the feed recently was talking about how he pulled together all the numbers and stuff and compared the length of show uh, for all these shows that have at least 100,000 downloads or more, and I think it was like less than 10% were less than 30 minutes, and then shows that were over two and a half hours was more than that. Yeah. But more people are listening to longer shows than they are to shorter shows. So it, it, it was just interesting to sort of hear uh, Rob basically debunk the whole 22-minute episode kind of thing. Yeah. So well, the- yeah, when I read that, it was I knew it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't accurate. Well, the, the thing and the other thing I, I kind of want to ask both Nielsen and and in this case, Bridge Report, they're calling people and it, they even say, like, I forget what the the stat was. There's a large number of people that they're polling that do not have a smartphone. And I'm kind of like, I, I would love them to like, I, like, let's find the people who are actually listening to podcasts. Let's do a study of just those people as opposed to random people who happen to be listening. I mean, I think it was 2000 people, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And to me, it's again, the difference between broadcasting. And I always say broadcasting is like that conversation you have with somebody. If you're still going to the the post office, right? If I go to the mm-hmm. post office in Cleveland, I'm like, Hey, how about those calves last night? You know what? LeBron's just bringing it to the rim. And the guy's going to go, yeah, man, he's awesome. Okay. Now we had a conversation. But how deep was that conversation? I could have that with anybody. You know, sure is hot today. Whoo, you're working hard or hardly work or not. You know, all those stupid little conversations that you have. But that's not a very deep conversation. And to me, podcasting is all about that that deep conversation. Now we're going to talk about blank. We're going to go, you know, knee deep into Patreon or whatever the heck we're talking about. And those, I don't think people mind going longer because they're really getting that, you know, now we're getting into the you know, the, the chewy center of a Tootsie pop, you know, we went, we looked through all the flavors and now we're, Oh, now we're to the chocolate. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll do that. So yeah, you're getting value. And that's the, that's it. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Uh, where just, is my, I think the way the audience listens matters. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know we've talked about this for the Gallup podcast and I get every, every new person that joins Gallup. And then we start talking about the podcast and they've listened to it. And they're like, they'll always say, man, I love what you do, but, but, man, they're just long and they're 45 minutes. Right. And I'll say, well, how do you listen to them? And they're like, well, I hear it work. And I'm like, have you ever listened to it in your car? 
how long is your commute? And so they'll say, well, 25 minutes, let's say. I said, so you could get one episode home and, uh, you know, working back. Would you listen to the whole episode in your car? Oh, well, yeah. And so we, we've got, I'm trying to train my listeners, like for the long play stuff, guys, listen to this when you're traveling or listen to it when you're walking the dog or listen to it when you're commuting or, or whatever. We're not going to take, we're not going to try and take 45 minutes worth of content and jam it into seven minutes just because you have ADD. Like there's a <laughs> lot of good content here. So you need all 45 minutes. Let's figure out ways for you to consume it in that 45 minute span that works for you. No one's going to sit at their desk and watch a YouTube video for 45 minutes learning that kind of way. I mean, it's just really hard to do. Not they want to keep can, their job. <laughs> you know, true, right? They feel guilty and they're like, oh, I should be doing something else. Even though our stuff is really work-related, it's hard to sit there for 45 minutes. Although, is it? A lot of people, I listen to John Oliver all the time on YouTube and I can just spend hours listening to that guy, right? So, so content matters, but two, find ways for them to consume it where they can do it in their normal course of the day, whether it's, you know, like all those, those activities. I, I don't want people to bow um, to the almighty of we got to make it short. We got to make an, un, we got to make everything has to be three minute unboxing videos where there's candy and confetti. It's like, come on, guys. It doesn't, everything has to be a party. Let's, there's some great content out there. So let's just get to it. So that's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, Daniel has the stat. 84% of podcasts with more than 100,000 downloads per episode are longer than 51 minutes. I mean, that's yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jason says, so what were the kind of shows that get more than 100,000 downloads per episode? Uh, maybe those kinds of shows make sense to go long. Perhaps other shows have different audiences who prefer shorter shows. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, the big one, of course, you have... Uh, Mark Marin, I think, is longer than 51 minutes most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Hardcore History, Hardcore yeah, is insane. I mean, that guy's shows are like six hours long. Um, but they're most of them. I think most of the top interview shows. And again, that doesn't mean interview shows equals downloads. But, you know, um, if you go into Radio Lab and um, I'm about done with startup. I'm kind of bummed that the, the core of startup, which used to be about Gimlet Media, that show might as well now be This American Life. It's just cool stories about other companies, but I wanted to know about Gimlet Media. You you pulled me in, and I got tied to Gimlet Media, and now you're not talking about Gimlet Media anymore. And I listened to Startup yesterday, and I said, I think I'm done with this show. Speaking of shows, Jeff, what are you up to these days? Um, I am working on a new show. I'm working on a ton of different stuff, actually, right now. But the show I'm, I have now is The Podcast Brief. And it's, it's basically, you know, five days a week, you'll be getting – podcasting news and space in the podcast and i'm actually doing two big things here coming up in the next coming weeks i don't have a set date for this yet but i'm going to actually be having interviews on top of the the news section of it so you'll be getting you know podcasting news five days uh, in five minutes less seven days a week plus an interview once a week as well um and then the second thing is i'm doing this twitter chat uh next wednesday uh, the third of, of May. And if you join me at the podcast brief, I'll be asking questions about pain points and things like that. And people can engage with me on that and just use the hashtag pod chat P O D C H A T. And you can engage there, but there's going to be like six or seven different questions about podcasting pain points and people can join the conversation there. Nice. So we've got the podcast brief, um, Matthew Passy has the podcast bulletin mm-hmm. and you have me with podcast newsflash. So if you want podcast and then of course there's pod to pod. Um, yeah. so 
that seems to be uh, cool. More more people getting into the podcast news uh, scheme. Mm-hmm. So, what's the uh, what's the website for the podcast brief? Uh, just go to thepodcastbrief.com. There we go. Very cool. Any other thoughts on uh, the uh, bridge report before we uh, move on? Um, not, nothing specific on the bridge report, but um, in my personal opinion, everybody that has these articles and stuff when it comes to here's what you need to do with your podcast. Um, uh, don't listen to them wholeheartedly because the reason I say that is podcasting has always and forever will be a free form media. And when people try and put you into a box, you will never really be able to figure out what the full potential of your show is. If you're following somebody else's regimen to make your show work. Jeff brings up a really good point. I wanted to talk about this. Um, to a certain extent, podcasting is an art, man. It's my art. And there was a thing in a Facebook group from Tom Ballard. He says, I just got off the phone with a blogger podcaster looking for help. He has over 5,000 downloads per uh, per weekly episode, a great topic, and nearly 10,000 in private in his private Facebook group. But he isn't making more than 20 bucks a month. Now, for the record, again, we always need to say that you don't have to make money with your podcast, but this guy's making 20 bucks a month. Every single suggestion I made was met with total rejection, as in, uh, oh, it doesn't work, Dave, if you don't leave the volume up. There we go. Total rejection. And uh, he says, um, I made everything. What a draining conversation. It's the first and last conversation we will ever have. Oh, and we didn't meet through this group. Joining the group was another idea. He said it was a total waste of time. The funny part is... I can find dozens in his niche who are making a living in his traffic uh, with his traffic alone. I love reaching out and networking with others, but I'd rather shave my head with a cheese grater than repeat that conversation. So yikes. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's interesting. I have somebody that contacted me via my chat and they said, you know, I want to start a podcast, yada, yada, yada. I want it to be, um, Oh, something I wanted, I wanted to stand out. I want to have amazing success and, and I want to have a lot of downloads. And I, I jokingly put back and said, wow, we have a lot in common. <laughs> you know, what podcaster is starting a podcast going, well, I want to be boring. I want to get no downloads. Um, I think we all want that, but I also, and that here's the thing. How do you know, how do you know? To me, it's like you have to know your audience. That's the key. You you have to know your audience. And I can tell you that you have to know your audience, but you know, you probably know your audience better than me. And he said coughing. And that's where um I don't know, I think that's I think that's where it all starts. Because I, I can't you might have really good art, and for me, I'm like, Puh. But if it if it's engaging with your audience, then engage. I don't know. Do do you think? Because I, I don't think anybody's willing to change their show. Be, and I understand why. Because we all work really really hard on our shows. But I don't think we're. I don't think podcasters are open to suggestions. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Jeff. What do you think? Uh, yes and no. Um, I think inherently people don't want to be told that their art or their baby is ugly. Um, But at the same time, if you were to get uh, positive criticism from somebody of, you know, I, I I like your show or your show is interesting. 
here's what you can do to make it better in my opinion you can take that and go with it but uh i think when somebody comes into your house and tells you that you need to have your house arranged in this specific way everything that you have in there is wrong uh it's going to be a lot harder for somebody to be receptive of that than it is for somebody to be like hey why don't we just move the couch from here to where you can actually see the tv that kind of thing yeah, I, I think people always receive it better when they ask you first. So, you know, when Jeff, if you had jumped in and said, hey, what do you guys think about this? I do this in my podcast. And Jeff, I, I you know, I listened to your older stuff and gave you even some feedback and, and it told you, you know, I really liked the progression that you made from the very beginning uh, of the show towards where you stopped to retool. You made some improvements. But if if you're asking me and I'm telling you, that's one thing. If I'm just coming to you saying, Oh, you know, and that's user feedback, right? We, even though we've asked for it, we haven't always asked for it and we have to be open to hear it from them. So I do think there's this balance in there where we've got to make some changes when the, when the, when the, when our listeners have great ideas and great suggestions, certainly my listeners have really honed and shaped my show and some things like, Oh God, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Well, you know, I have to, I got to think about that. Like, and then there's times, you know, I've had some folks on where we've done maybe like some community service ones where I bring them in just to talk about great stories and it's not necessarily totally tech related. I'm going to do that whether they want me to or not because I think it's the right thing to do. But there's been some things I've tried before and they're like, I don't. And I think those are important things to listen to. So, you know, we, we've got to take it. We have to take it with a grain of salt and say, what are we, you know, what are we going to gain out of this? And um, it's, it's, it, it is difficult, but you know, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. If you're going to put yourself, I had a listener who I was fighting back on. He kept sending me um, suggestions on things I didn't really want to listen to. And at one point I kind of said, Hey dude, I'm going to do this, whether you like it or not. And he, he sends me and I'm like, why the hostility? If you can't, if your skin is so thin, <laughs> that you can't take this feedback. Maybe you shouldn't be podcasting. And I kind of had to think, yeah, okay. I got a little thin there, you know? Well, I think there's one of the, there's, there's audience feedback, but if somebody said, Dave, you know, I really think this show shouldn't be from, from 1030 to 1130. You should make it from, from 1030 to 11. This show's too long. Okay. I'll take that feedback. There's only one thing. I'm doing an hour long show. That's the bottom line. Actually, we do an hour and a half if you count the post show. And so if you feel it's too, too long, I, I understand why you would think that. Uh, but my goal of the podcast is to be an hour long with a, a half hour for post show. So if that's too long, I would understand if you don't want to listen anymore. So you have to kind of, there, there are ways to say it, I think, then, you know, and it's not that I don't appreciate your feedback, but I'm doing an hour long show. Well, Dave, and we'll attract people who want to listen for an hour after a while, right? It'll just, when your show is early, that's when you have the best chance to make the changes that actually make a difference. The longer you go, the more you lock in your current listeners. And so I bet a lot of our listeners listen to us uh, when they're traveling or in a shop or an area where they're not listening all the time. I know many of the live folks are doing other things while they're listening to us, but they listen to us every week and they're listening for something that they're interested in. And we become a little bit of background noise from that standpoint. So you begin to attract it. If we had all of a sudden jammed this down to 15 minutes and said, okay, we're just going to do the best 15 minutes we can do. And it's going to be well rehearsed and well produced, right? We're going to attract a totally different audience. And eventually that audience would grow based on that format. And so we attract audience listeners based on what we do. And eventually, if you're jack, that's why if you jack around with your format all the time, 
man, listeners get really disgruntled because mm-hmm. they get used to a certain way. I don't know. Jeff, when you switched, did, did you get any feedback? I mean, you didn't. Your switch wasn't that, that drastic, but it, no, I never, it was pretty drastic. I mean, the, the one part that I got like the most feedback was when I moved from being an interview-based show to being a more narrative-based show where I take those interviews and tell the story with them. Um, by the way, that's coming back in the podcast brief. Oh, good. You know, podcast yeah, I, roots. It's, I like that. It's, you do it's, that well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, when I did that, I got nothing but positive reception. I had somebody that I didn't even know in my real life that listened to the podcast call me and go, hey, I really like this format. I had to call you and tell you this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I got a lot of feedback from it. Most of it was positive. I never really got any negative feedback per se. I don't, I haven't had that, that one guy leaving a comment on my podcast saying that, you know, your show sucks. And, you know, right. uh, I still haven't hit that milestone yet. I know that's a. There's time, buddy. Point. Hang in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, I did get a little bit of feedback, but not a lot. Um, but most of it was positive. Yeah, Craig in the uh, the chat room says sometimes it's hard to know what feedback to incorporate and what to reject, and that to yeah. me it's like, you know, what is the goal of your show, uh, and and does this feedback steer you towards your goal? Can can you do this feedback, uh, sleep at night, and steer it towards your goal? Because if somebody goes, well, Dave, I think you should give away the everything in the school podcasting for free. Okay, I understand that feedback. That does not achieve my goal of paying off student loans. <laughs> And, and everything else. It makes me a really nice guy, but that's not going to work. So I think that's part of it too. Cause I, I, um, I was just listening to an interview with George Carlin and he said when he started off, he wanted to be an actor. And again, this is probably back in the fifties, early sixties. And he wanted to be Danny Kay. Cause Danny Kay was this funny actor at the time. Now, if you know George Carlin, the guy that came up with the seven dirty words, you can't, Danny Kay was like Mickey Mouse, George Carlin, not, and he said he was trying to be somebody that he just wasn't. And he said he, there are a couple appearances, I guess, of him in a suit on an old Ed Sullivan stuff. And he goes, I hate those because I was trying to be something I wasn't. And he says it wasn't, and they said it took him two years to figure out what he was going to be and, and how he kind of thought through it. And, um, so I think that's a big part of it. You have to be, you know, people that try to be John Lee Dumas and I'm going to ignite, I'm going to be intense and I'm going to talk about being stoked. That doesn't come natural to, to, to you and it's not going to work. Yeah. But there's some great audience advice. I, I mean, I had a, one of somebody who listened say, Hey, you got to turn your Amazon affiliate account into the average guy tech scholarship fund. Yeah. And buy, you know, use it to buy, to buy items for your listeners to test and be unbiased and bring it on the show. That was a great idea. In fact, that changed the course of everything I do with affiliate marketing and the way I do it, right? And it was great advice. And I could have easily said, nah, you know, you know, whatever. No, that's for me. I, that's my that's my money. You know, it's what I do. But he kind of taught me, you know, giving some of that stuff away is the, you know, the way to do it. And so there, there are times when your audience comes up with really great suggestions and you should do it. The way you know you should do it is you should try it see where it goes. Jeff, you tried a different format, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That I remember that first time I was listening to the first time you did the more narrative and you'd even said, Hey, this is going to kind of be a different format. We're going to try something different. And I could tell from the tone of your voice, you're kind of unsure if this was going to work. Oh, dude, when I had published, it was like pressing the nuclear buttons. I'm like, is this going to work? Is this going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. And you and didn't know. I finally did. Yeah. 
yeah, you didn't exactly know and you got great feedback on it, right? And you would have never gotten that feedback if you'd never taken a chance and tried it. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, good or bad, I think, is determined by additional audience feedback. You might get some feedback from one of your listeners like, hey, would you really try this for me? And if you try it and you continue to get great feedback from your audience, keep doing it. If you try it and it doesn't work, gently go back to that listener and say, hey, we tried this in the audience. This is the feedback I got. By the way, share your negative feedback with people in your audience that are from other people. And it kind of helps them understand what you're getting you know, from, from that standpoint. So anyways, that's that's a good point. The other thing on that, if it doesn't work, you don't have to let people know, hi, this failed miserably and I'm not going to do this anymore. If you just stop doing it, if it was something that people didn't like, they're not going to go, Hey, where's that thing that I used to hate. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to notice that they probably won't notice that it's gone. You just kind of just, you know, it's like, uh, just let it go. Just don't, let it go. Don't, don't point it out. That goes back to, to my days of, of being in bands. You know, you'd, you'd hit the wrong note. And what we had, a the last band I was in that did really well, we had a joke. We said, look, if you make a mistake on stage, just look and smile at each other. And so I'd be playing. It used to drive me nuts. My uh, my bass player would get high and uh, on the last set. So he was always making mistakes. And when a bass player makes mistakes, nobody notices that the bass player made the mistake. It sounds like I'm playing out of key because I'm not playing in the key he is. And I would just look at him like, and I just want to wring his neck. But I would just smile and go, can we play in G now? Because that's what I'm playing in. Uh, but most times the audience didn't know. You know, whereas if I would have gone, Ryan, what are you doing, you idiot? Yeah, that's not going to work. But if you just smile and kind of like, hey, look, I'm in G, you're in G sharp. That's not going to work. So, holy cow, look at the time. We're going to turn this around on uh, and, and keep kind of talking this uh, conversation as we go into the post show. But uh, before we do that, holy cow, we forgot to thank our fun filled patrons. We talked a lot about Patreon today. So we want to thank Josh Rivers from Creative Studio Academy. Of course, the one and only Glenn the Geek Hebert from Horse Radio Network. And uh, you can see all of our other supporters over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, you can join that. And uh, there's a ton of info behind the scenes that you can get if you sign up today for a buck, just like Mike Moody did, and uh, get access to that. And uh, we appreciate everybody who does that. Um, Jeff, since you're here, give yourself a plug. Where's your new show at again? Thepodcastbrief.com. And Jim, where can people find you? Oh, everything's at theaverageguy.tv. Got it. Anything uh, fun coming up on uh, future episodes over there? Well, we just released this weekend. I just released an interview I did with John Rossman. He uh, worked for Amazon at one point, wrote a book called The Amazon Way of IoT. And so we talked a lot about Internet of Things. And we talked about this partnership between DHL and and, uh, and Audi to deliver packages right to your car. Ooh, that's kind of cool. Not pretty interesting, huh? That is some geeky stuff over there. Yeah. And uh, we might be talking a little Amazon here in the post show as well. I know Jim's got some news on that, but I want to address, address uh, Jason's question, which is let's turn this around. When should you offer feedback to the podcaster you listen to and how should you do that? Boy, do I have an answer for that. So we'll be getting in that into the post show. But we're here every Saturday at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code listener and see save when you sign up. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the chat room. We'll see you again next week with another fun-filled episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. Now everyone gets to dance. 